spanning the globe. Through the power of the World Wide Web, it's Stacy and Steve's Cringe Fest. And now, here are your hosts, Stacy and Steve. Here we go again, Cringers. I'm Stacy. And she's Stacy. And that's some guy on Zoom. I, I don't know. I know. Some, some rando. 51 days, my friend. 51 days. 50, 51 days. 51 days till you show up at my doorstep? Yep. Well, technically, I show up at the airport and you pick my little sorry ass up with my hubby. <laughs> <laughs> so, everything going good? Every Everything? Everything's going great. Yeah, I mean, it's Valentine's Day. Or it was it was Valentine's like Day when we <laughs> recorded this. Yeah. And uh, you know, that's that's the so it's a kind of tough day, you know. But it's also Lily's birthday and she got a new she got a new bed for her birthday and can't wait for her to try to put it on your bed. <laughs> she will work too. It's going to happen. She took the couch yeah. cushions and put them on your bed for Yeah, so no, she's done that. Yeah. I I uh uh she's back here with me now while I'm recording and I I brought her fancy new bed back and she's laying on my pillows on the pillows I sleep in. And I wake up every morning all congested and sneezing and all that stuff and I'm sorry. My my pillows are just covered in dog hair every morning, you know. I pick them up and shake them before I go to bed. And then she, like, comes (laughs) up to be all snuggly and stuff. And at least I think she's being all snuggly, but I really think she's just trying to kill me. And you got it. You got a new hairdo. I did. I love it. I went, I wanted purple and I didn't want to bleach my hair. So I went dark purple. Dark purple. Yeah. It's very cut four inches off the bottom because I was sitting on my hair, literally sitting on my hair. Yeah. Yeah. This this way I don't have to worry about the face piercings to go with that that goth looking hair. (laughs) No, no. So what does, what does hubby Steve think of it? He likes it. He really does. Yeah. It's different. It's great. No, it's really nice. We were texting while you were at the at the uh beauty shop and because someone wanted me to get bright purple. I wanted you to get bright purple and cornrows. Cornrows. Because man, there's nothing like a pasty white girl with cornrows. (laughs) A pasty Irish (laughs) white girl. But it does make my green eyes pop. Yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 really nice. I really like it. All right, so we're we're getting ready to play an interview we had with uh, uh, Michael Conroy, independent filmmaker Michael Conroy. It, it was. I thought it was fascinating. He's done all kinds of stuff. Of, but he's made a few films himself, and and this last film that he's made, a little uh, nine minute short, is I mean, Stacy and I both watched it, and we, and we just think it's beautiful. It it's it's uh, you know it's a little creepy, but but it's also just 
it's just so well done. You know, it's, a, it's, it's, yeah. I love how uh, the interview goes. He he gives us a little bit of the, how the sausage is made and tells us how yeah. he journeyed from the East coast to the West coast. Yeah. Yeah. He's a Philly boy to start with and, and learned very quickly. If you're going to be in the arts, you got to get out of Philly. Right. <laughs> So, Cringers, we hope you enjoy our interview with Michael Conroy. Yeah, so here it comes. And we'll talk to you a little bit on the other side. Hi, Michael. <laughs> Hi, how's it going? Michael, we're so glad you're here. We, we've been uh, we've been emailing back and forth for months, seems yeah, like. And uh, you, you just got this most beautiful project that, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about uh, whenever whenever you're ready. But... Um, the movie's called, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Queen of Prey, right? That's correct, yeah. Really, really, really engaging short. Like, uh, yeah, I, I thought it was great. But before we get there, so can you, can you give us like, how'd you, how'd you end up here? How'd you end up being an independent filmmaker? What, what, what led you down this path? Uh, well, I guess I guess uh, you know, start from the beginning. I was born in uh South Jersey. Um oh, okay. in uh, the right of, basically the, the the right in the heart of Philadelphia part of yeah, New Jersey, right. like twenty minutes east. Um yeah, yeah. so you know, my relatives are all kind of probably kicking, you know, dealing <laughs> with the uh, Eagles losing the Super Bowl right now. Yeah. <laughs> that, good... I, you know, I'm I'm in Delaware. That is the tone here. People yeah, are very yeah. upset. <laughs> I lived yeah. in Kansas City, so I, I had to I, I yeah. Yeah. I, hey, you, you know what? Um like I'm not a huge sports guy. I obviously I, I watched the game because uh you know want to support the whole team, but like uh, it was a good game, and you know, as long as it's not the Patriots or Cowboys winning, you know, it's you know, cheating the goose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, yeah. Um, so anyway, you know, um, I wasn't underprivileged by any means, but uh, you know, Philadelphia, New Jersey, in the nice was not a very. It was not an artistic hub. Let's sure. Put it that way. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I watched a lot of, like, Disney sh- film and blockbusters. Uh, but then when I was about 14, I think I saw a Taxi Driver, and that's where it kind of clicked to me that I, uh, you know, it's like, it's, I don't know. It's 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 lurid. It's it's evil. It's it's just... that just Gritty. Kind of, yeah. It's not it's Disney. Like, <laughs> no, it's definitely not Disney, but uh, kind of, like, set my brain, you know, it, it gives me that kind of hot whenever you, you know those films you see it's just like that just kind of clicks something in your oh, yeah, brain yeah, it's, it's like that was probably i think the first film that kind of really did that um so yeah from there uh uh you know uh i basically but i i didn't do that much uh filmmaking when i was young I, but i sort of sort of got into it and uh uh i went to you know film school and uh undergraduate at boston university um okay. there i made a f- i uh you know i made some student shorts which i still kind of like the best and from there um i got an intern a couple of internships out in uh, los angeles and that's and i decided to kind of stay out here um uh and from there it was just you know making short films when i had the money uh 
and working as an, I work mainly as a freelance editor. Uh, but I'm also a, a editor for uh, I I my current gig is a I'm an editor on this podcast called Man of the Year. It's doing really well. Uh, yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's actually it's actually pretty good, pretty funny. So it I, is. Yeah, yeah, I recommend it to um, everybody, and it's actually I think helpful because it's all about making friends. Uh, it's just kind of helpful in this, these post uh, pandemic kind of times. Um, no, we understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, we're only at uh, I think 14 episodes at the moment. So oh, that's just, the uh, perfect time to go down a rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and I think, honestly, I think it gets, in my opinion, it gets better as it goes along. They re- like, it's good when it starts, but it's like they really sort of um, get into form as they progress. Anyway, um, I guess, you know, to kind of lead up to uh, to to the production of Queen of Prey, uh, it was get it was kind of found myself in kind of a... a um, bit of a dark point when I in my film career like I just turned 30 none of my post student films uh, had really taken off uh and what happened and uh I was in a really terrible job like well technically it was a <laughs> really technically I wasn't an employee yeah, it was, it was just, a side was a hustle hmm. no it was more like a long-term freelance gig and I, I think I think she, I was kept freelance because she was doing some kind of tax dodging. Like anyway, I don't I don't know for certain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> don't want to pay those payroll taxes if you don't have. Yeah, to. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, I, I was just kind of felt over the film industry, and then kind of the the pandemic hit, and I sort of got to a point where I could just sit around and start re-watching some new films i got into kind of like really down the the art house rabbit hole in a way mm-hmm. I had before i was sort of over film industries i was like i was like i actually it was at a point where when i would see anybody sort of have success in the film industry or a film do well i'd be like fuck them i don't want to <laughs> do it. it i don't um but you know it's kind of like you know pandemic every time to kind of you know get learn why i liked film again you know i watched um Number of films like Harakiri, uh, some of the Powell and Pressburger films, British, and it's, it's just you know opened my horizons a little bit, and, you know. Um, so I decided to really kind of take a out on SBA loan and a um, couple of business, small business grants, and uh, yeah, kind of just uh, you know do something where I would just you know let all the uh, put all cylinders on fire and try to yeah, and also try to. Um, you know, make something I was truly passionate about and not just what I think would do well with audiences. Cause that was something I fell into after college is like, I started to make films that I think were okay, but weren't what I really wanted to do long run. Cause I thought they might, I had like a ties to a specific audience or like, I thought they might do well, but you know, this is kind of, you know, really taking it back to, you know, you know, <laughs> refining, refining my, pa- rekindling my passion and doing what I, Want, want to do it's art so, yeah right? I mean, yeah you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so we talked a little bit mentioned you've been shown this movie at a at a film festival so can you kind of tell us what i mean what's that like i i go to film festivals and i never understand how how they come up with this collection of you know here i'm gonna i'm gonna sit in this chair and watch 20 shorts great that's very exciting but 
how did they get there? You know, how did yeah, yeah your, your guess is as good as it might <laughs> um, uh, So I can't say I'm not going to name names, but um, I was actually invited to be a screener for one film. And it's uh, the way it works essentially is, you know, you have your head programmers, but before you get to them, uh, the film goes to someone like me. And I basically write a review and recommendation. And I'm not sure, you know, I think the next on the next set, they 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 can take that recommendation uh, for what it's worth. But, you know, it's ultimately up to them. And, yeah, you know, okay. uh, so they kind of they kind of crowdsource the first cut. <laughs> yeah, that's what I can. Ta- that's what I can tell. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a lot. I mean, all film festivals have like literally any. Well, any film festival worth its salt has got like at least like thousands of entries. I think. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think there's really any big secret. It's just you know making a film that uh, you know clicks with someone. So you you were at the uh, what was what is it? Dances Dance- with films, right? And yeah, and dances with films. Yeah, uh, midnight selection. Yeah, which is kind of about okay. you know, creepy, you know, ghoulish type or like out kind of out there projects that, that, so, that had so to be you, the real experience to, is that yeah. on the east coast or so they normally is in los angeles but this for the one i went to it would they did the new york version of the festival yeah saw a lot of great films there um but and uh really great community of people right so yeah i i, I have nothing but good things to say about them like the filmmakers i like the programmers uh feels very supportive uh, i mean I, that's where that's where the art comes from you know yeah we've talked to we've talked to people that have made movies for six hundred dollars we've talked to people that have have had some kind of major uh studio or production house backing and you know it's all over the place right and it, it, but yeah. it, 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 the art is still the art you know it's still yeah, yeah it's, I, I think more and more um the more I make films, it's something I'm trying to get better at. Is like the most important, the most important thing you can kind of work on is instead of trying to achieve what's in your head, focus more on achieving the best thing you can with the resources available. Instead of trying to use those as like kind of, and you make kind of a poor imitation of what's in your brain, I think. Cause you know, ultimately yeah. filmmaking is about, you know, with, some exceptions like Avatar, say, which, you know, at that, at that point, it's like, you know, that's an animated film. It's like filmmaking is kind of the art of like taking real the things from the real world, you know, yeah, um, and making them work. And I mean, you could argue that, you know, no matter how much money you have, you're still limited by what actually exists in our world. Like, say you have an idea for a character. It's very specific. Well, you need to find an actor or, you know, that can you know, actually exists in the real world. You know, I think yeah. that's, you know, something more and more, it's like you kind of uh, realize the more you, more films you make. So so at this point, how many do you have under your belt? That's, <laughs> can't say, I can't say specifically because it's like, yeah. you know, some are like just these little things I did, you know, like these one day things, these one day shoots are little or stuff that I've shot. It's like, it's like, I can't say so. Let's say for like full fledged production, uh, say at least two days. Uh, two day shoots. I counting like my last student film, which got uh, 
pretty decent student award. I'd say one, two, three, four. I'd say this is my fifth kind of like big, you know, mm-hmm. decent sized production, you know. I would, I, have, I would have guessed 20th, 30th. Oh. <laughs> the product, in my opinion, now, this is me. Okay. But in my opinion, the the sound, like, you picked certain times for sound to happen. You didn't have sound throughout the whole movie, which I thought was really cool. Like, you didn't have background music. Like, I don't understand why people feel like there always has to be noise. <laughs> yeah, so but, actually, yeah. Um there's a tendency sometimes to overuse music as a crutch in my um it's actually something i learned from the sopranos well actually <laughs> sopranos and it also an interview with david chase you know on why he mainly used like uh uh soundtracks sparingly but rarely any composing score yeah uh, and and yeah, when he did you when he did use music it was music we knew Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. And, and it was uh, it was scene appropriate. It wasn't just I want to like you said. I want to interject. It's like I I have a you definitely had a split where you knew where you were in the scene. You didn't have to have the frills. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think it's just you know it's a challenge as as a filmmaker to try and make the scene work by itself. Uh, it's mm-hmm. if you need music, it's probably something if if actually that's something I kinda learned on on the first big production uh out here in Los Angeles, which was one of the most miserable experiences. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um yeah, there's just uh, you know, and obviously my student film I literally did ev- almost everything myself besides the acting and occasionally I had a guy doing sound, but this is my first kind of working with the crew and I just, I had no idea what I, what I was doing. I overestimated, you know, how inherently brilliant I was, but like <laughs> one of the things was, was like, um, yeah, like some scenes I just, I, you know, some scenes were just not working. I tried to cover it up with music. So I, you know, it's, yeah. you know, it's a lesson to kind of, you know, you work gotta, on. You got to learn that the hard way. Yeah. All right. Well, Stacy's dying, so let's talk okay. about let's talk about Queen of Prey. <laughs> cool, cool. Uh, I, I I love I, it. I mentioned earlier to you before we before we started recording, I watched it for probably the tenth time uh, this afternoon, and every time I see it, there's something else that pops out. Right. You know, there's a, there's so many layers to this oh, thing. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. But, so well, and and you know. and to be to. I've been to parties like that. And and that's really how the party is. As you walk in, rules get laid out really fast. Yeah. And then you're on your own. And I was like having flashbacks. I'm like, that was, and and you didn't overfill the scene with people. Right. And, And so when you walk in, you're just assuming everybody's off doing their own thing. But you know that it's a large enough party because you get the sense of the the entrance of this house. Yeah. I loved that. Oh, thank you. Just as awkward as any other party. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's, sorry. Sorry, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So that's also, you know, I mean, I I did want to have some kind of more explicit activity going on, but 
I I was only paying the extras so much. You can't, you know. Um, yeah, you know, I'm I'm glad you didn't. I, yeah, I, I, I because it like I said, I watched it several times, and in my mind, the movie was horribly explicit. Yeah. And then when I rewatched it tonight, it was like, nah, I just filled in all those gaps. You know? Yeah, I, I think that's an underrated art. You know, I I think. Yeah. My other thing is like we're in a time period where like. Uh, you you can pretty much watch softcore porn on on cable on yeah. like like on like on like on series on FX you know um, yeah. you know uh, it's, uh, there's like male nude frontal nudity you know uh, we kind of all know that uh, you know I'm a millennial we're a generation of porn addicts it's like you know you don't you don't you don't need to be super explicit or dwell on something it's like nakedly. Fancy party. This is a sex party. Okay, right. we're good. You know, yeah, we got um, it. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the dialogue was great. It was, it was real dialogue. It wasn't a whole bunch of frills. I mean, he got shot down. The next lady asked, you know, that <laughs> when, when, and again, I thought that this was way further in, in your um, career because you didn't do the, the the things I mean there was real life. I yeah. mean, no, sorry, no, please. Uh, well, I'm glad to hear it because I I tried to kind of really tried to you know my favorite films are ones that don't over explain and kind of trust the audience's um, intelligence. So you know that's kind kind of what I tried to do with this film as best I could. Um, I think it's also good, you, you know. I don't know where I was going with that. Ah. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> so where'd you find where'd you find these actors? Uh, I, I I did you know kind of look up the your, the the principal actors and and uh, you know they don't seem to have a lot of uh, a lot of history, but they were so good. I mean, they were they were all just perfect for their for their roles. Oh. Um... Is that just LA? Being in LA? Well, There's actually, lots my, of my well, my no, just the regular casting network type. Yeah. Um, I also paid them not a lot, but an okay amount for their time. So I uh-huh. mean, that's that's going to help you get better talents. It, yeah, I don't know. It, it's it's honestly the number of talented actors is kind of ridiculous. I mean, you have to figure there's like hundreds of thousands of actors. Um, yeah, you know kind of which is you know both kind of good and bad you know um in different ways but like it's it's uh a lot of them are actually pretty talented and uh at what they do so um yeah and you know i've been lucky enough to i mean i'd say lucky but you know i think sometimes if you just look hard enough and you know hold hold what you're trying to hold your casting to a high enough standard you can you'd be surprised what you can find just through you know your basic, you know, casting network, um, mm-hmm. you know, big time movies, you know, whether it's Marvel or whatever plays at Sundance or con, it's like, and you know, it's, it's like the same. And we have this industry where it's basically, we're using the same 10 or 20 people over, and over again for every role. And sometimes I think just with the number of act, you know, with how many actors there are, it's like, you know, I understand why we do it from a, you know, because star power still has, you know, um, sort of, you know, 
monetary guarantee, at least to people think mm-hmm. it does for, for investors. But, you know, it's kind of a shame just how many talented actors there are and like, why, you know, could probably, you know, use a lot more of them, I think. <laughs> yeah. So your plans for for uh, for this current movie, uh, should should uh, should people be looking for it at their local film festival or uh um what i would do if you're interested in following is follow me on instagram okay uh, well, um, it's definitely it's definitely worth watching uh yeah uh yeah. like i said it's worth watching um, <laughs> yeah. yeah i guess for future plans right now um trying to focus on writing the feature uh version of it um okay so that's your that's your intention is to turn this into a yeah, yeah, it's okay, why it kind of ends on a, which, you know, which is why I had the film end on a kind of, see what happened. let's see what happens next week kind of note. To yeah, it, you know? yeah, no, it really does. Right now, uh, until, like, I don't know, Jerry Bruckheimer, whoever, until I get a call from them right now, I'm just trying to um, uh, focus on making uh, the script as good as possible, and from there, I'll probably start thinking it out visually. Uh, right now, I'm sort of writing and planning on the assumption that you know i mean ideally i'd love to have like at least a million dollars for a film but if it's like has to be we have to do it i'm kind of writing planning everything to do everything micro budget style so i'm trying to uh really think of it in terms of that budget what and what would be the most effective way to shoot it um Mm -hmm. yeah so i wanted to ask you were asking me about the colors in the film do you want to go back to that no i don't no, it's just an interesting conversation. I wanted to, uh, you know, bring it up. So, so uh, Stacy, what was the question? Um, when when you when you have the the protagonist, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Bella, she's always got. You just turn everything red. Like the scene goes red, the outfits go red, and and you create this aura around that where it just kind of sucks in is that like what you at least that's what i i got from it was you know you have it as an exclamation point for the scene the color um well first of all red and kind of red my two favorite colors are crimson red and the kind of deep lush green is sort of a toss-up between them um but i mean i think um one filmmaker N- nicholas winding refin danish guy i could be mispronouncing which case i'm sorry nick if you're listening <laughs> uh, i apologize uh but he talked about red being the most organic color and it's like yeah it's both kind of like it's got this kind of element of both being beautiful but dangerous which is you know kind of probably you know and her whole motif of red is a little bit of a um you know call back to like that biblical woman in scarlet you know um mm-hmm. type of uh type of thing so you know um yeah that's kind of the motivation there it's supposed to be kind of the idea that she's both uh, uh attractive but dangerous um uh she, she as, certainly came across as both <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um as far as what you you mentioned you asked me earlier what um like if there was some kind of theology to it um there is um i don't want to give it all away but i was kind of operating under the idea that there's a mixture of like being a vampire succubus 
uh, Mesopotamian goddess of fertility, Ishtar. Or, and, <laughs> and I'm Lil- sorry, I was just like that. I, I went Mesopotamian or Sumerian, and I just started going down a rabbit hole of of those two specific. Yeah, because it is very visceral, and you don't you hint at it like it's visceral, but there's no there's just a hint. Like I love it. I, I just yes, I'm fangirling out. I love it. I oh, love, thank you. I love the protagonist because it the whole thing just makes you just. Fill in the blanks in your own head. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, but it's kind of placing on the idea that there's not exactly a specific established mythology, but she probably contributed to those kind of, you know, she's like the inspiration of um, of all those creatures. And I I, I do, ha- and I, I was kind of, all right, this is giving a little more backstory than I normally want, but the idea that she's pretty much existed throughout human history, but even she doesn't know exactly what she is or, you know, her specific origin or purpose. I so want, I so want somebody to just give you a million dollars. If I had a million dollars, I'd I like, I want this story. <laughs> I want it. Yeah. And, and I, I want the cringers to know that there are still magic makers out there. And Michael, uh, I believe that, that you are yes. Fangirling out. But honestly, in nine minutes, you created this, whole internal mythos without having to say anything supernatural you didn't have to 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 draw it out well i i think i think we live in a time where every fantasy mythos has to be spelled out exactly it's like you know what i i kind of i kind of prefer traditional where just like things are not explained that's what kind of mm-hmm. makes them interesting about like there's not it's also kind of why i le- sort of lean a bit more towards um uh fantasy than sci-fi or like you know i just like the idea of things that you know just people do not understand you know and there is no actual explanation whereas sci-fi even if something's really trippy and weird there's by implication sort of you know rational explanation yeah I really wish the cringers could see your background. It, it, it oh. explains all of that. It's beautiful. Oh, they actually can't. Um, it's an album by a band called Cathedral. Um, let me look. The, uh, the Ethereal Mirror. It's from 1990s. Okay. Let's check it out. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right, sir. Well, listen, we've kept you for 35 minutes here. and I Okay. I was I was thinking we might get ten. So this, okay, this is oh, excellent. I really appreciate you. Oh, I I me too. I I can't. I I guess I would say, um, Stacy. And I'm not. You do refer to Bella as the protagonist, and technically she's the antagonist. I don't know if that's oh, going to be it. My apologies. No, no, it's not an apologies, but just she's kind of a bad guy. Joey's bad sort of the protagonist. I don't know if that's. I, I don't know. Well, you I, know I just... where my, my well now you know where my heart lies. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. No, it was it was a beautiful, beautiful short. I really can't wait to see what happens. I I'm always I'm wishing the best, man, because I'm I'm definitely, you know, gonna to keep following that and, and just keep us posted, man. Cause Okay, totally. Yeah, I will. Because yeah. it's fascinating. It's it's really well done, and um, you know, thanks for for 
you know, doing the doing the legwork and trying to get into those indies because, in my opinion, it's worth it. Okay, thank you. That no, um, it's nice when some you know you meet people that seem to really appreciate your work, you know, uh, on a genuine level. You know, oh, no. thank you. It's good stuff. Like thank like you. we say, you know, we started out making comments and jokes about some of these these terrible movies, and then the more we get to know the movies and the the directors <laughs> and the writers. You just stop. Yeah. You just start loving them. You really just start loving. We started out them. with the idea of just making fun of people's right. movies, and then we, yeah, we fell in love with, <laughs> with yeah. people that are making these movies. <laughs> um, it's funny because I've seen, you know, because I've been kind of following a lot of uh, festivals and short films, and some of the um, some of the smaller festivals, less prominent ones, I've seen films that you know didn't get get a lot of attention, but like what just made my jaw drop like whoa this is like this has like godlike power as a film you know um so yeah i guess um i encourage i guess i'd encourage your viewers to or listen listeners rather to you know check out some of these and you know lesser you know you know lesser tread spaces you know you you'd be surprised you'll find some like real gems you know yeah. um absolutely yeah yeah, it takes so, some work. So you got to dig a little bit, right? We'll we'll add the, your info to the um, righty thing that Steve does at the bottom of the podcast. <laughs> <A> little righty. <laughs> you want to plug yourself? <laughs> let everybody know where you where they can find you. Um, yeah. Best place to contact me or follow our progress is our Instagram page. Um, that would be Instagram.com slash Queen of Queen of Prey. That's Queen underscore of underscore Prey. Uh, yeah, and I'll send you guys a link. Okay, I'll do, actually do that right now. So we'll, we'll, we'll get that out and uh, I'll post it in the show notes. And, and show notes—that's the word. I tried yeah. to tell you, but you know. All right. So, all right. All right. Cool. Thank all you right. so much. Yes, thank you, Michael. Thanks, Michael. Thank you so much, guys. It's great. Okay, Ooh, we're boy. back. Wasn't that wow. fun? That you know, it's it's interesting to listen to an indie artist in LA. Is he indie or just short? Yeah, no, he he makes independent films. He's yeah. an indie guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you always hear the big stories coming out of LA, and it's really cool finding out that there's somebody in LA that that takes it seriously, but. Uh, hey, these this is where, this is where these these artists come from. You know, this is their this is their proving ground. You know, you you, you, you don't start out at at Venice or Cannes or or Toronto or Sundance, one of those big festivals. You know, you start out with this bizarre network of these little film festivals. There's there's one here. You know, here in Rehoboth. There's one here, but oh, I'm sure there's. Yeah, there's one in Rehoboth Beach that's. They may have. They may have twenty or thirty movies. You know, um, and yeah, uh, and and I love them. I I just I just love to go see. I mean, some you honestly you find some cringy stinkers, and you know some of them, but but most of these are great movies. They're they're. They're they're like 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 uh, Michael said in our interview that it's art. You know, he's yeah. an artist, right? He's he's not 
Although he has a good commercial kind of sense about him, the commercial yeah. stability, right? Uh, but I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just blown away by, I'm blown away by anybody that can create, you know. Yeah, it's like when you look at something on the wall and your brain goes, oh, that looks like a really cool Mona Lisa. And then you try to sketch it out and it looks like a fucking pit bull. <laughs> yeah. Dogs playing poker. You know. Yeah. Not even that good. <laughs> like, like it's, you see something beautiful and then you try to recreate it. And even your mom doesn't know what you drew. <laughs> oh, oh I, I need to know more about that. I don't know. That's, that's Michael, Michael is I definitely mean, one to I, watch. I drew things on bathroom walls that my mom wouldn't be happy about. But but what is this your mom didn't want you to? No, Michael is definitely one of the ones that we're going to keep in touch with and 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 watch. So So thank you again, Michael Conroy. That was super fun. The time it flew by, even and, though, and that even was though, that was awesome. Even though Stacy fangirled out so much, I had to text her and say, "Come on, Stacy, you're fangirling out." <laughs> I have when it comes to to the <laughs> imagine the way that that it was portrayed is not something that you would. That is something way more advanced. And I wanted to know and and. He did. I didn't hear questions. What I heard was, I love you. I love your movie. It's so good. <laughs> anyway, cringers, until the next time, keep that other rhythm guessing and never be afraid of clicking on that fucking movie. Because you don't know if we're going to have you on the podcast for and, your short films. We might just fangirl out about, about your short film. You're not going to get hard questions from us, by God. They're not going to be driving hard questions. This is not meet the press. This is the cringe fest. <laughs> <laughs> this is meet the Stacy and Steve. <laughs> yeah, right. All right. Good night, everybody. We Stacey love you. Loves you.